Uh, welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. I'm Larry Goldman, Chief Analyst at Analysis Mason. Uh, today, I'm talking with Maria Thunberg about sustainability in the TMT industry. Uh, Maria is a principal, and I want to note right up front here that there is a link in the show notes to a page with more information uh, on sustainability. So welcome, Maria. Uh, sustainability is on everybody's lips. Um, how do you define sustainability? Well, thank you, Larry. It's really nice to engage in this conversation on sustainability with you. It is indeed on everyone's lips, and it is actually quite a challenging task trying to define the concept of sustainability because it is a wide concept and there are many different definitions in use. But I think at the end of the day, for many people, sustainability is rather about some specific questions or concerns. It could be things related to climate change, or it could be questions with regards to reducing poverty, or indeed very specific things like removing plastics from oceans, for example. Also here that there are some people feel perhaps a bit frustrated and accusing sustainability of trying to encompass everything and hence not really saying anything. So in this sort of mishmash of different ideas about sustainability, I believe it's important just to take a step back and look at sort of the, the basics of sustainability. Where did it all begin? And one of these sort of starting points for talking about sustainability is the Brundtland Report, Our Common Future, produced back in 1987 where they were saying that, well, actually, sustainability is about meeting our own needs without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. So that's one sort of very basic and fundamental way of defining sustainability. But then there's also uh, another very common way of understanding sustainability, and that's talking about what is called a triple bottom line. So we talk about profits, people, and the planet. So these are really sort of three different pillars of sustainability, the social pillar, the environmental pillar, and the economic sustainability pillar. And I would also just like to mention a third I think very important thing to keep in mind when talking about sustainability, because nowadays a lot of organizations and people, they refer to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals when talking about sustainability. So it's good to be aware of these 17 goals and they're ranging from sort of climate action to no poverty to questions around responsible consumption and production, for example. And within Analysis Mason, then we have chosen to use sustainability as a concept as this overarching term, gathering our capabilities and our experience with regards to primarily the social and the environmental aspects of sustainability. Great introduction there. And you know, there's similar concept in ESG. So, so how does sustainability relate to ESG? Yes, yeah, so this uh, is one good example of many different sort of definitions being in use with regards to this area. Uh, and both ESG, which stands for environment, social and governance. So both the ESG framework and the sustainability sort of framework or concept aims at the end of the day to support business development that only takes what is needed. So leaving economic and environmental and societal systems to be able to sort of limitless existence. But if you look at it a bit more closely, there are some important differences between ESG and sustainability. So ESG is a more recent concept than sustainability, and it has been developed specifically for the investor community. So dating back to 2006, it's commented in the United Nations Principles for Responsible Investment. So this is sort of how the ESG framework came into existence. 
And it's also important to know that the ESG framework includes some specific criteria in order to measure and follow up on the sustainability related aspects. So it's a more specific framework, the ESG framework, compared to sustainability, and it's also developed for the investor community primarily. Very good. And so as we talk about sustainability, we're embracing very broadly things that actually embody ESG as well. Indeed. So it seems that sustainability has become much more important in the past year. What are some of the recent developments that have led to this increase in awareness and importance? I think there are at least two different reasons for the increased awareness and importance in these questions. And they're, of course, interlinked. And the first part of it is that we see increasing challenges with regards to several of the sustainability-related aspects. Uh, For example, climate change, which is increasing in intensity, uh, but also the problem area with the loss of biodiversity. So these two aspects are becoming even more severe, and we see a drastic change in those. And in parallel, we see that a new generation, the millennials and the generation said they are demanding change. So they have a different kind of education than older generations have, and they are demanding us to actually act upon the facts that we have and to create a more sustainable planet. And I think this is reflected in the interest for the United Nations COP conference that was held in Glasgow last year. And it was interesting. And I attended this and and listened to sort of the engagement, uh, both from uh, the young people, but also from the big players. So we had, for example, ITU uh, participating, talking about the uh, challenges caused by the digital transformation, but also the possibilities that we can push with help of new digital technologies. Very good. So we've been talking broadly about sustainability and various things that have been going on, but let's talk now specifically about what's particularly important for the TMT industry. Yes, I think it's important to recognize that the TMT industry is one of the fastest growing greenhouse gas emitting and energy consuming sectors. So because of the digital transformation that we see in society, there will be an increased demand for the TMT players to take sort of an active role in trying to push the sustainable development. We see, for example, an, an increased interest in things like green data centers. But there's also some uh, issues that this sector needs to deal with in with regards to the social dimensions of sustainability. We have, for example, an industry that is sort of Uh, facing many challenges in terms of the gender balance, who's actually working and and pushing the development within this industry. And we also have a new set of of customer and and employee demands. So this is something that the TMT players need to be aware of and, and to meet. And indeed, in order to be able to attract investments moving forward, the TMT players need to have uh, a very advanced sustainability agenda because we see that ESG-linked funds, for example, have grown by over 30% over the past five years or so. And, And this growth is by no means expected to slow down. And there are also other reasons, uh, I believe, for TMT players to engage in sustainability. It's a potential to reduce costs. Talking about energy prices these days, for example, having a more sustainable and novel idea of how you want to engage in the energy question might be very important for your operations moving forward. And also, then, of course, in terms of risk management. 
So Maria, as we got started, you mentioned a few of the frameworks and all that are driving sustainability, but what are some of the frameworks and definitions uh, that are in use that are particularly relevant for TMT? Yeah, so there are a range of different frameworks that are in place that could be relevant. So it really depends on the needs of the specific organization. Uh, but some of the more general ones that are being adopted is, for example, the Global Reporting Initiative. But also we see an increased uptake in what is called SBTI, so the Science-Based Target Initiative. This is something that many operators is starting to use and report on. So we see, for example, a, a number of, of operators from different parts of the world using this in order to map so the, the greenhouse gas emissions internally caused by the organization, but also uh, within the value chain. So as people are, are, are dealing with sustainability, is there one key way that they go about this or are there reasons for companies to actually have different approaches? Yeah, I think this is a good question because that sort of an overarching level, everyone engaged in the sustainability agenda might have sort of a similar approach. But having that said, if you scratch the surface and you try to figure out how to actually implement this within your specific organization, it's really important to sort of leave the one-size-fits-all model and look at what does your organization really need? Because depending on how you're organized, it might be relevant with some frameworks, but not with others. You might want to focus on, for example, the environmental aspects of sustainability, or indeed, you might find it more interesting and, and important to deal with the more social aspects. So depending on your unique organization and your needs, you might need to approach the area of sustainability in different ways. And then it's also important to say that, well, no one can do everything, but everyone can do something because the sustainability topic is really wide and it's probably important as an organization to choose an area which you want to focus upon. So where are you making the largest impact and where do you want to uh, focus your efforts with regards to sustainability? Excellent. So uh, Maria, you're leading then Analysis Mason's efforts to work with our customers in this. So, so tell me, what are some of the ways that Analysis Mason has helped customers pursue their sustainability goals? Yeah, so we do this in a number of different ways. For example, we earlier talked about the ESG framework and the increased investor interest in sustainability. So one thing that we do is that we use our deep knowledge within the TMT market and, and business plans to help our clients to understand the relevance of ESG issues when making investment decisions. So that's within transaction support or investment decisions. But we also do other things with regards to sustainability. For example, in talking about transformation, we can guide operators through transforming the end-to-end -end supply chain as well as their own business to become more sustainable. And indeed, we also support clients within specific industries, for example, the food industry, agriculture or forestry, in order to enhance their possibilities to use digital solutions to provide more sustainable societies and places for people to live. And we also work specifically within, for example, the postal and parcel sector in order to improve what we can call them the last green mile. 
And then indeed, not to forget, we're also working in the in the social space of sustainability, working with digital inclusion, accessibility and uh, diversity. And here we can help clients, both in the public and the private sector, to use inclusive digital products and services in order to sort of reach a larger group of users. So both increasing perhaps your customer target group or you're including a new segment and also indeed making sure that you're a part of an inclusive digital transformation and part of closing what we call the digital divide, ensuring that everyone can access the possibility of the digital society. Very good. So you've been personally taking this leading role uh, within Analysis Mason and with our customers, but uh, but also, you also have a, a, a sort of a leadership role within the Nordic's public policy in this area as well. Tell me some about uh, those achievements. Yes, yeah, so I'm coordinating the expertise we have we have within Analysis Mason with regards to sustainability. So we have consultants that work with green data center, that work with sustainable investments and all these different parts. So I'm making sure that we can provide clients with what they need in relation to TMT and sustainability, regardless of where in the world they are located. So that's part of the internal work uh, and being engaged in the in the Nordic public policy. For example, Analysis Mason and myself is working with coordinating something very exciting, which is the Nordic Testbed Network, and that's a network with testbeds throughout the Nordic and Baltic region with cutting edge innovations for digital technologies for what we call the bioeconomy, so forestry, agriculture, fishery, etc. And these should be technologies that are then supporting the digital transformation of these sectors. So that's one example of what's ongoing on the Nordic arena. Another example is where we are working together with the Nordic policymakers to increase the awareness of the potential issues with digital transformation of different sectors in terms of what happened to the gender balance. So if we take one example, Larry, we could look at the forestry sector, which traditionally has been very dominated and a sector that's been working and trying to increase the gender balance for many, many years, and they're actually becoming quite successful. But what is happening nowadays is that we see that the sector, that forestry is becoming ever more digitalized and the people who come with the digital skills they are heavily male dominated because that's what it looked like if you go to universities, you're studying maths and programming, etc. So this is a renewed issue within certain industries. So this is something we're looking at the Nordic level as well. Well, very good. I, I think we could talk about this much more, but perhaps in the interest of everybody's time, we need to wrap up now. But thank you very much, Maria. Thanks to everyone for listening. And a reminder for everyone that there is a link to our sustainability information page in the show notes.